The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, And this show is here to help you get the tools and resources that you need to take control of your own career direction. Whether you are looking to move up, move out, start on your own gig, or perhaps just be a little bit happier at work every day. Today we're going to talk about interviewing because it seems to be a hot topic right now. People are in transition and and interviewing for new jobs, whether those be internal or external. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the interview process and what that looks like, how it's changing what you might expect from an interview process. Then we're going to talk about some of the new elements that have been added to the interview process and are becoming more widely used in the interview process that may be a little bit different than what was going on last time you interviewed. This is coming from a study that that I do every year with the Career Thought Leaders Consortium. We get career practitioners from all across the world together and talk about new trends that we are seeing in the industry. So what what's going on in the hiring process, in the job search process, in branding, career management, what's going on that's new and that we need to pay attention to, and then what are some best practices that we all as career practitioners can follow and that will help our, our clients better manage their careers. So this year, it was actually last November, the group got together and started looking at career trends. And one of the trends that they were talking about was the increase in time of the interview process and the increase in number of interviews that people are doing with a company to be able to land a position. And this makes sense. One, companies are, in some pockets at least, being more careful because they can be, they have a lot of applicants still for positions, even though there are a lot of open positions, there are still a lot of applicants for every position. And so companies can be a little bit more choosy, they can take their time, and they can interview and have a longer interview process. And so we've seen this kind of lengthening of the interview process in, in the hiring world, although there's also kind of talk about how do companies get the better talent, and part of that talk is how do they make the process more efficient, so we'll see if this continues 
as a trend. But right now what we're seeing is long interview processes. And the last data that I could find was a Glassdoor study in 2015 that showed that the hiring process had had increased by 10 days. So from 12 days in 2010, 2011 to 23 days in 2015, that was the average time that it was taking for people to hire. Most of the people that I've talked to have a longer process than that, but of course it's going to vary depending on the company and depending on the type of position. So you're going to see a shorter duration of hiring process for positions that are lower level, maybe entry level or first level manager types of positions or hourly positions, of course, you're going to see a much shorter average there. And then when you look at top level positions, managers or executives, you're going to see longer than this average of 22 days. So depending on what type of position you're applying to, or if you are a career service provider, depending on who your clients are, they're going to fit within that range somewhere. But the average 23 days that the interview process takes. So that's a long time for people to sit around and wait. And we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end of the day today. What are some best practices for helping individuals deal with kind of this marathon interview process where it's can be quite long and arduous and and perhaps they've got multiple balls in the air at the same time because they're waiting for so long that they they get other things going so we're going to talk about that at the end of our show today but first so we know that this process is taking 23 days and that can mean that you're going to three, four, five, maybe even six interviews at the same company. Um, some recruiter blogs talk about, you know, if you have five interviews for one position, you're not doing things very well. So it, that's getting a little bit on the high side, perhaps. But people are seeing multiple interviews in the process. And of course, there are some new technology being brought into the process to in some ways replace some of the interviews, but it's still the same experience for our client and perhaps makes the process even less personal because now they're talking to technology instead of a person. The process typically starts with some kind of phone screen or phone interview. Now, there's a a difference here and what I'm going to talk about between a phone screen and a phone interview, a screen HR kind of screen is usually done by a lower level HR person. Sometimes this is even hired out. And oftentimes this is part of the application process instead of a phone screen, but it asks the person basic questions around salary qualifications kind of getting them to articulate maybe a little bit what's already on their resume, years of experience, what type of what type of salary they're looking for. It's more of a demographics, if you will, data-based screen. It's not looking at any kind of experience or fit. It's just getting those pieces of data and perhaps getting the person to say them out loud on the phone so that 
whoever's on the other side can capture the information. Occasionally, that phone screen will include some behavioral type questions, tell me about a time when, but not very frequently. And most of the time, this screen is with someone that doesn't have any authority to make decisions or even flexibility to answer very many questions. You're not going to negotiate with them. They're just collecting data. And again, sometimes they don't even work for the company. When you get to a phone interview, I'm going to differentiate that by saying that that's with people in the company for sure. And it's more of an interview. So they're asking you questions that they expect you to respond to. Most of the time, they're going to be those behavioral questions. This could be done by an individual, maybe a couple of people, or in the university environment especially, a lot of times this is done by the entire hiring committee. People do in phone interviews, typically when they have a longer list of candidates than they can bring to the organization, and they want to get some idea of fit from those individuals before they decide who they're gonna bring on site. Most of the time when people do any kind of interview, even a phone screen, they have decided that you're qualified. The qualified piece is determined by the resume. When we get into the interview, they're typically looking more at fit. Even if they're asking questions that get at your qualifications, they're typically looking at how do you answer those and what were the details of that experience so that they can see if it's a fit with their organization. So don't get fooled into thinking that they're asking you about their quali- about your qualifications and go off too much on selling those qualifications in a way that doesn't consider how you fit with the organization or how your answer demonstrates how you work and the personality that you bring to work just as much as the actual qualifications themselves. So this is part of what's been going more to video, this phone interview where they're asking questions and and looking somewhat at fit has been going to a video format. Some companies do this live video, might be Skype or some other kind of live video system. And then some companies are starting to use an asynchronous video interview, which means they give you the questions, you log into their system and you do a video with the system, not necessarily with human beings on the other end on a live video. You're recording your video into their system and then Those systems work similar to an applicant tracking system. They're grading your answers. They're parsing it for words. They're scoring you perhaps even on the big five personality traits. So that video piece of it is really looking at your answers based on keywords, key terms, and other criteria that may be entered in to score your answers. Not very different than what a human interview panel would be doing anyways. People consider it to be a little bit more objective because, of course, you don't have the human element of them scoring, do they like your voice or do they like that you're male or female? Some of this technology is actually being used to 
to help try to prevent gender bias, age bias, cultural bias. So that is happening more and more. And you might run into that. And you can start to feel like it's a little impersonal, but I would encourage you to think about the positives of that process or the positives the company might be hoping to get out of using that kind of technology and how it might help you as a job seeker that they're using that technology instead of doing the, the phone interview in, in person, per se, over the phone. Behavioral questions are going to be the hallmark of this type of interview where they're going to be asking you to tell me about a time when and and really asking some of those standard questions typically in this interview again it might be a panel it might be a small group it it may be the work group that you'd be working with maybe the team so that is typically where an interview process starts although not always sometimes companies start with some of the other other pieces that we're going to talk about in terms of um, interview with the team, usually that's done on site. Sometimes that's done on the phone interview and then also done on site. And then with the hiring manager, one-on-one with that hiring manager, typically that's the last stage in the hiring process. But sometimes the companies flip that around and do it first. And sometimes they end their interview process with an interview with HR who perhaps is providing that kind of objective voice between the last two or three candidates. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about some of these other types of interviews that you might face and then dive into some of the elements of the interview process that you may not be thinking about or have experienced before and how you can be successful in those We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. 
What can we do to prepare for a career-altering interview or presentation, land an important deal, or simply play a great game of golf? These activities depend on preparation and execution, which grouped together we call performance. Uncover the mysteries of our mind and unlock the secrets of great performance by illuminating the mental side of life. When we better understand why we do the things we do and what keeps us from accomplishing our goals, we elevate our success. Listen for The Mental Game of Life with Dr. Christie, Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about interviewing trends. And specifically, we've been talking about the interview process getting longer and longer here and taking almost a month for people to move through this interview process that you can face three to four, maybe even five interviews in a series with one company to land that position. So you might face a phone screen or a phone interview full of behavioral questions, tell me about a time when types of questions, and you're really trying to see if you fit with that team. This is, of course, your opportunity to also ask questions of the team to see if it might also be a good fit for you. We know that interviews that are successful are more of a 50-50 conversation than you know, a one-way grill. So figuring out how to ask questions that draw in the interviewer and really help you see if you're a good fit for them and also perhaps take the discussion to a little bit different level and help you stand out in terms of the, the level of conversation that you have with them. When I was interviewing at the university years years ago um, for a career position, a career services position there, the interview, the phone interview was with the team. So you had about six people on that phone interview. And especially when you've got more than one person on that phone interview, you want to make sure that you write down people's names and that you use people's names when you ask a question or, or respond to a question. So, you know, thank you very much, Brian. That's a great question. When you use people's names, it helps make that connection that's difficult to make over the phone. And especially when you've got a group, you want to make sure you write those down and then use them when you ask or answer your questions. Phone interviews can be difficult to have a conversation, especially if it is with a group, because usually they're on a fairly tight time constraint. They've got their list of questions they want to ask you. They're, you know, writing down their answers and then they're scoring them. They're not really looking to make a conversation, which is part of why some of that has moved to a video interview is because in all honesty, honesty, they weren't able to do a conversation anyway. So they've just made it into a one-way process. 
with the team. So you go on site, you're doing an interview with the team. Maybe you're in a panel interview. So you've got a group of people that are asking you questions and same tips there. You want to make sure you write down people's names and use those names when you ask and answer questions. You want to make sure you make eye contact with everybody in the room. So you make eye contact with the person that asked the question. And then as you answer, you move around and make eye contact with the other people in the room, including everybody in the conversation is important. Usually people forget and they spend too much time looking at the manager or at the people that they perceive to have the more power in the room. And, and you never know that quiet person who doesn't get your attention in the group, maybe the one who's most influential in the, on the hiring decision. And that's usually a great time to ask questions that help you get a feel for the team. Why do people enjoy working there? What do they enjoy about the projects? How do they work together? How would they describe the the management style, questions that give you the opportunity to really understand and get a feel for that team. Then if you meet one-on-one with the hiring manager, that's a place to ask your more strategic questions about where they're going, what they hope to get out of this position, what their goals are for the person that takes this position, those items that really help you answer questions better and help you figure out if it's going to be a success for you and how it's going to be a success for you so that you can communicate that as well. Some of the elements that um, people are using more often now than, than they were in the past, perhaps it was just that it took a while to catch on, is the idea of a group interview. So a panel interview is when there's a a panel of people from the company asking you questions. A group interview is when they bring in a group of candidates to do an interview with everybody at once. I've seen these done or heard of them done, in my opinion, less effectively where they sit everyone in a circle and ask everyone the same questions and go around in the circle and answer, you know, you might see who's creative and come up with an answer that's different than what everyone else said, but it doesn't really do much differently than just having a one-on-one interview, except for that you save some time. The effective ones that I've heard about happen more in a customer service kind of role or a role where people are going to have to interact with other people and they're designing the interview to create interaction between the group. So they might be problem solving to de- together as a group and as, as, a, as small groups, they might be doing something. They're not sitting around and asking questions. So worked with an HR manager once at a retail store who hired this way and created scenarios for the people. They came in, they split up into small groups. They had to, go through these scenarios in the group. And then, of course, as the interviewer, you're getting the ability to watch how people interact. What is their personality? Are they the one that takes charge? Are they the one that makes sure everyone's included? Are they the one that, you know, what do they do within the group setting? And if you walk into a group interview, I would encourage you to be yourself, do what you would normally do, If they do sit you down and ask questions in a circle, use the answers that you have already practiced and prepared. You can go off 
script a little bit and build on what other people have said a little bit. But if you go too far from where you're, where you are, where you live, what's authentic to you, you'll probably end up saying something you don't want to say or doing something you don't want to do, trying to be someone that you're not. And that's going to be pretty obvious. So if you come into those situations and you are in a group, be yourself, get engaged in whatever activity they're doing and try to kind of forget that it's an interview so that you can be yourself, be your most professional self and your best self, of course, and let them see if you're a fit for their environment. It is a good opportunity to see what their environment is, what do they have set up as the scenarios, what's important to them. A lot of that will come out of what you what you get into the process. Similar to the video interviewing, you don't want to take a group interview as a negative. In, in fact, it could be a positive. There are, that means the employer is getting to see more people in person, which is what every candidate that I talk to wants to do, get an opportunity to get seen in person. So it's an opportunity for them to do that. And they're trying to do that and, and maybe don't quite know what they're doing, but it's, it's giving them the benefit of the doubt can help you move through that process with a little bit more grace. Part of the other piece in interviews that we're seeing more and more of is giving a presentation. So I was working with an individual who was interviewing for a marketing position at a beverage company, I guess, and the company had asked them to do a presentation presenting a marketing plan for themselves or a marketing, it was a marketing presentation for themselves. It's a hard thing to do and often required or requested of sales and marketing people to do a marketing presentation for themselves and having a structure, using a marketing plan structure or something that is familiar to you from the marketing and sales world is a good place to start giving it some kind of flow and structure so that it's not a ramble about how wonderful you think you are, which is uncomfortable for most of us anyways. Break it up, make it a marketing marketing plan, do a SWOT, do something that gives your presentation that flow that we're used to from a presentation where it has some kind of here's what I'm going to talk about and then I talk about it and here's what I've talked about. So give yourself some structure if you have to do a presentation about yourself. The other work sample kind of presentation that is pretty common in the careers industry, especially on college campuses, is for people to give a presentation about a topic area. So I had a colleague that had to give a presentation about what she would do if she had $10,000 extra. So if she got this position as a director of career services and she had $10,000 extra, what would she do? What program would she design? And then the presentation was her showing the pieces of the presentation or showing the pieces of the program that she developed. 
the budget on all of those pieces that would be important for you to be able to do if you're in that role. Most of the time, these presentations are given ahead of time. You know what it's going to be, and you're not caught off guard by the presentation. Occasionally, of course, there's the impromptu presentation. This can happen more in that sales kind of world. We've all heard, you know, the sell me this pen kind of interview made popular by some of the TV shows that have come out and, and, inter- and movies about selling. But those impromptu kinds of interview questions usually going to happen in sales when it, in some ways you could expect it. So we can plan for those in some ways. The other type of work sample that you might be asked about kind of impromptu would be a technical question. So similar to sell me this pen where there may not be a right or wrong answer, it's how you do it. When you get asked a technical question in an interview, similar rules can apply. Sometimes there is a a right or wrong answer. It may be a concrete problem that you're going to solve. Sometimes it's more of a how do you go about problem solving when perhaps you don't have all the information you need to solve that problem. You don't have all the data that you'd need. So they're looking more for how do you solve the problem in a process sense not necessarily do you get to the right or wrong answer. There may not be a right or wrong answer because there might not be all the data to to solve it. So when you're thinking about going into an interview and what's common in your industry, what's common in those types of interviews can help you figure out if that impromptu piece might happen. And asking good questions about what the interview process is going to look like can help you prepare for all of these things. So, What will the interview process look like? Who will be involved? Who will you meet with? Who can you expect to to have on the phone? Ask the the HR person or the person that you're scheduling with. Ask them about those those discrete items. What will it look like? How long will it be? You know, how long should you set aside? Who will you be speaking with? Can you get their names and titles ahead of time? Then you can look them up on LinkedIn, see what you might have in common, see what they might value. You can do your research and you can plan for the process. If you can get an overall outline of their process up front, that can help you a lot. How many interviews are they planning? What what will that process look like? Ask those questions so that you can have an idea ahead of time what to expect. If you do have to do a presentation, Of course, you want to do the, do what you would do for a good presentation. So understanding your audience, that's where you start. Who are they? What are they, what are they looking for? What does that look like? And um, how can you meet their needs? We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about presentations in an interview, and then we'll go into 
work samples and what that might look like. Should you put together a portfolio for an interview or not and what might be in it? And how can you be more, more successful in standing out in the interview process? We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you're looking for an in-depth, thought-provoking discussion about leadership, tune in to Bernard E. Robinson's The Leadership Forum, Making an Impact Through Effective Leadership. Each program provides an intelligent, conversational experience about leadership from Bernard, his guests, and you. If you're interested in improving the quality of leadership in your organization, listen live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time for the Leadership Forum on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Serju Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about interviewing and how the process has gotten more arduous and long and new elements that have been added to the process or are increasing in their use within the process. So we talked a little bit about presentations and how people are using presentations more in an interview and really want to follow any good outline for presenting all of those best practices, starting with understanding the audience so if you've been asked to do a presentation and in the careers industry, they might say, oh, we want you to do a presentation on improving your resume. And if your audience is going to be the career services team, you want to ask, are they your audience or is this a role play where you're presenting as if you were presenting to students? What's the setup? Same thing if you've been asked to do a presentation in a, you know, a sales 
interview and you're presenting a, a new product, doing a, a product demonstration, who are you pretending that that audience is or, or what's the setup going to be for that situation so that you really understand the audience and are speaking in the right tone. You can imagine that this is important if you're presenting to a career services staff, but you're supposed to be presenting as if you were presenting to students. The level of information that you present and the tone and style are going to be different. So really understanding who that audience is and what their expectations are. Then you want to follow your good presentation tips. Make sure that if you use technology, you know that they'll have it available there. So if you're going to create a, a PowerPoint or a Prezi, will they have the technology for you to be able to do that? If you're presenting it via video, what what's that going to look like and what technology is available understanding the process so that then you can do all of the things we do when we do a good presentation in terms of prepare and practice and be ready to deliver that as a package presentation sometimes people will ask you for other kinds of work samples so they might ask you to create a marketing plan for x y or z or to write something or submit a writing sample. And a few, well, maybe even a few years ago now, we had a show talking about the interview from an interviewer's point of view. And we had an executive recruiter on talking about how, you know, if you're going to be doing a work sample or they've asked you to do a you know, they've asked you to do a marketing plan. Don't get too worried about them, quote unquote, stealing your information. If you feel like it's pushing too far and they're asking you to do something that really should be part of the job, you can have that conversation with the interviewer. It's most likely going to mean the end of that process. But I feel like sometimes candidates are a little too touchy there and we maybe are a little bit too thinking that everything we have to offer is um, rocket science and you know they're just asking you to do something so that they can see your work product if you think it's more than that then that's a conversation to have or perhaps it's not something you want to continue with at all otherwise do your best give your best work and you know if they take that marketing plan and they use it and they don't hire you, you know, that's a, a risk that if you really want to continue with the company, you have to take. If you're not willing to take that risk, then perhaps it's time to step out of the process. That is becoming a little bit more prominent. And I got to tell you that if I was ever to hire an administrative assistant again in to do specific work, I would do a work sample before I hired them because once you hire someone who says they know how to use Excel and then you hire them and they sit down in front of you and you're teaching them how to run a spreadsheet and using the arrow key to move around between cells is some epiphany, you decide that you'll never do that again without actually seeing someone do the work. So always looking at why the employer might be doing that and, and is it reasonable 
to ask you for that work sample or to have you do whatever it is they're wanting you to do. Sometimes you might have a canned portfolio of work samples. Depends on your industry. So um, programmers might have a portfolio that's probably online. A architect might have a portfolio. Designers, obviously. It depends on your industry and your type of position and does a portfolio of, of your work make sense. Awesome to have it online where you can point people to it before they even interview you. Perhaps it can be on your resume as a link. If you're bringing something in person, you just want to make sure it's appropriate. Is it appropriate to bring it to that interview? Is it appropriate for the type of position? That might be a question that you ask whoever you're scheduling with. If you'll have time, you know, will there be an opportunity to look at your portfolio? It's okay to ask those questions and see what answers you get and if that work sample portfolio makes sense to bring with you. The You want to make sure that it looks nice if you do bring it with you. So if they have a team, are you going to bring one for every person on the, on the interview panel? What are you going to do with that work sample to make it work for you? It can be a great way for you to stand out, especially if you have them packaged as a leave behind so that you can have something that they look at when you're gone and remember the quality of your work. And it's not for everyone. It, it doesn't fit for every kind of job. But if you think there might be an opportunity, it can give you a, a leg up, if you will, in the process. So all of these pieces kind of get overwhelming, right? You might have four interviews with a company. Is it really worth it? Well, how badly do you want to work for them? How badly do you want to know if it's a good fit for you? Remember that interview is a two-way process. And if you are not feeling like it's worth your time, they're probably going to feel that coming from you anyways. And it's perfectly okay to step out of the process. If you're feeling like, you know, they've had four interviews and they've had two that they called final interviews and it just keeps going, be transparent and ask that question. Is there something more that they're looking for? What's changed that is causing them to do another final interview? Or if there's been a break from the process and now they've come back and said that they want to interview you, what's changed since you had the last interview? What, what do they need from you? Asking questions in an appropriate and, and respectful way is always, not always, but it's going to be beneficial to you. So if it seems like there's something going on, ask. Ask that person. It helps you build rapport. It helps you know what's going on. It shows that you're engaged in the process and you're not just following along blindly. I think that we oftentimes put too much of the power 
on the other side of the table when we're a candidate. And you want to keep that power even, that you're respecting them, you're respecting their process, you're respecting what they need from you, and you're also respecting yourself and your time and the questions that you have. When you do that, when you have that 50-50 relationship, you'll actually have a better outcomes. You'll have a better starting place when you do start the job because it will be something that both of you have entered into with great conversation instead of you just following along their process, not asking any questions, and then you get in there and you learn that whatever it is isn't a good fit for you or something happened in the process that breaks your trust because they didn't tell you but you didn't really ask. All of our adult communication skills and our emotional intelligence, we're demonstrating that throughout this interview process. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Build rapport with that person that's scheduling your interview. Talk with them. Ask questions. Make it a make it a partnership from the very beginning. And you'll be surprised at what they're willing to share, what you learn, and how it helps you during the process of, of interviewing. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to kind of keep your cool and be successful when you go through multiple interviews with the same company. So if you're facing this or you're in the middle of it and you're feeling downtrodden or kind of used by the company that you're interviewing over and over again with, what can you do to stay positive? to stay in that driver's seat and to make sure that you get the best outcome for yourself. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. 
These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to the Career Confidant. Today we've been talking about the interviewing process and how it's gotten longer and, and more intense. And, you know, even if you're still employed, it can get frustrating to go through this process and you start to feel like, you know, who do they think they are that they can put me through four interviews before they hire me? When you start to feel that angst, I encourage you to sit down and try to see their perspective. Why might they be doing this? What's going on for them? When have you hired and what have been your concerns? Why might you have taken four or five interviews to hire someone? Think of it as dating. And, you know, you don't want to, you wouldn't want a company that wants to jump into that really fast. You may not like that they're taking more time than they really need but how can we appreciate where they're coming from and and recognize that one of the things I always think about is the drama triangle and I think we've talked about this on the show but it's been a while so when you're interacting with people in general we tend to fall into patterns with people especially when there's conflict where we throw ourselves into one of three roles, the victim, the rescuer, or the persecutor. And when you're interviewing, when you're doing things in a professional place, you may not think of this, but it still happens. So it happens in your workplace. It happens everywhere. If we're interacting with someone, this happens. So when I hear people talk about how, you know, that interviews are being so mean or the wasting my time, I always think about, okay, so where are, where are you putting yourself in the triangle? You're putting yourself in the victim role, right? The company's being so mean to you. You're taking it personally. Well, that automatically puts them into a prosecutor role. So they're the bad guy. And that dynamic is not going to be helpful for anyone. Once you start to go there, you're interacting with people with an edge, even if you don't think you are. And what good does that do you to show the company that you're frustrated? You can still ask questions. You can... Tell them that the process is 
not working for you, you can express what you're needing, but do it in a way that's productive. So here are some more productive ways that we can do this. We've talked about one of them already, and that's asking upfront what the process is going to look like. How many interviews do they anticipate? This sets expectations, which is a great adult management tool, right? Set those expectations up front. Then after every interview, at the end of each interview, you're asking what the next step looks like, when it will be, who is in charge, and who can you follow up with if, it, if you don't hear. So if you're on a phone interview and they say the next step will be an in-person interview, great, when can I expect to hear about that? And who can I follow up with if I haven't heard back by that date? Then there's no wondering and, and pushing. It's you've got the information that you need to have an adult conversation. Get the facts. State the facts. Ask questions in a non-leading way so that you can keep the process moving for you in a productive manner. So then you're going to have to manage your own kind of emotions around the process and remind yourself that it's not personal, right? Remind yourself that it's just their process. And if it doesn't work for you, you can exit at any time. Now, if you have an opportunity to talk with people, then of course you can nudge the process along with thank you notes. So if you know who interviewed you and you can send them thank you emails or thank you notes, do so. It nudges that process along, keeps the communication going. And mostly don't put all of your eggs in one basket. So if you are interviewing with that company and you have multiple interviews scheduled, don't wait for them to make a decision before you apply to more companies or interview with that other company. It's okay to continue your process even though you may have that job moving in the direction that looks like you're going to get hired. This is the number one mistake I see people making when they're interviewing for multiple positions is that they get too caught up in one opportunity. Maybe it sounds really great. The company's really awesome. You get all excited about it. And then when it doesn't work out, you've put other things on hold that maybe could have been just as exciting, but you didn't stay up with them, follow through with them, keep them moving. And so now you're stuck with nothing. Keep those balls in the air, keep those plates spinning, whatever metaphor you want to use, so that it helps put not it helps you not put as much pressure on that one opportunity. And it also makes sure that you have other things going in case that falls through. Um, so it gives you the opportunity to step out of 
kind of the blame circle there and taking things personally and putting too much pressure on things and move it to a reasonable place. Of course, you do want to push a little bit and make sure that you're staying in contact, you're following up, you're sending your thank you notes, etc. So that when you, you don't want to be passive, you want to be active, but not pushy. Similar to when we talk about emotional intelligence, how you want to be assertive, not passive or aggressive. You want to apply those same great communication techniques to your interviewing. So as the interview gets longer and the interview process gets longer, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when the technology is thrown at you. If you can do your best, stay focused on what your selling points are and communicate in the way you want to communicate as a professional in that position. You can demonstrate the skills that people are looking for and you can find a good opportunity that is a, a two-way street instead of participating in their process, co-create that process with them. We'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant, and I look forward to your questions or ideas for topics at marie at careerthoughtleaders.com. We'll see you next week here on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 